You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for the day before Thanksgiving, November 23rd, episode 3065, brought to you today by Stateline Tack. Good morning, Horse World. Oh, Scooter Bagby was a very lucky soul. He was in a mess when Glenn saw his ad and then quickly brought him home. Scooter the Hackney, now he pulls his card with joy. Follows Jen and Nigel through the trails, hauling Glenn along the way. It started with a sorry ad of a pony without love. No hay to eat, he was underweight and he needed to escape. Scooter the Hackney was a very lucky soul. He was in a mess when Glenn saw his ad and then quickly brought him home. Scooter the Hackney, now he pulls his card with joy. Follows Jen and Nigel through the trails, hauling Glenn along the way. He heaved a sigh of great relief as he realized he was sold. Jen and Glenn pulled their trailer up and then they headed home. Scooter the Hackney, now he pulls his card with joy. Follows Jen and Nigel through the trails, hauling Glenn along the way. Yay! Well, Every time she said Scooter was a mess until Glenn saw his Yes, I, <laughs> I really thought she was going to say something else. <laughs> Abby did that song. Thank you, Abby. That was terrific. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, that we thought I thought that we would start our entries off for the saddle giveaway with the song about Scooter because I'm the boss and I can do that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Abby knew how to play that game right. I can Are be you first. still the boss? I don't know. Yeah, I, I still know. am. I'm director of podcasting at the uh, Equine Network. I have a title. I could, so. I could lodge complaints with HR now. <laughs> That's right. I don't know if they have an HR to be honest. But uh, well done, Abby. Good job. <laughs> if you too want to have your entry played. By the way, we've gotten about 10 songs and poems now. Today on the show, we're going to give introduce you to some of them and start playing them, and then we'll be playing them as we go forward again. Uh, but if you want to enter to the Wintech Saddle giveaway, send uh, your entry in by going to horseradionetwork.com. Click on the saddle banner at the top of the page, and it gives you instructions there. Uh, you get one entry if you just sign up on the form there. It's free. It's easy to do. You get two entries. A voicemail is required. Send us a voicemail and just wish you wish your friends a happy holidays or whatever. We have one of those for you today, too. Or if you send a poem or song, you get four entries, and we have some more of that for you today as well. So we have a little bit of everything for you today to introduce and get you guys all excited for the holidays, which begin tomorrow. So... Uh, 
Also on today's show, the Daily Dose Health segment is Dr. Camargo from the University of Kentucky, who's going to explain stocking up, what to do about it, and when it might uh, signal a more serious problem. You have any weird news today? Yes, of course. The world keeps turning. Okay. (laughs) And then we'll do a short auditor post-show for all of you guys as well. So let's get on with the show with some Daily Winnies. So, Ursina Studhalter, Heather Keys, Mona Elizabeth, Lucy Butler, Janine Ward, Kelly Harmon, Haley Kloss, and Chris Reykjavik all have birthdays this weekend. And there's one I didn't say because I want some help with the last name on this one, Smarty Pants. First of all, Janine is Jane Ann. Uh, let me do, should I just go through and make corrections? No, I won't. Let's just move. Oh, forward. it is but Jane Ann. I've never seen that name before. Becky Duos Borgazas. Th- Becky, let me know if she was anywhere close to right. I would like to know. Duos Borgazas. <laughs> okay. But happy birthday to all of you! I tried to find everybody over the weekend because we won't be here on Friday, so uh, I I did my best, and. I wanted to also give a daily winnie to Lisa, who filled in for me on Monday when I was sitting in the jury room and never got called up for anything. And oh, by the way, there's like no cell phone service or data in there. So it was a long day. Um, so Lisa's always has our backs. So I'm, I just, we're, it's a time of being thankful. And I'm very thankful for Lisa because we can call her up the day before and she comes on the show. So thank you, Lisa, for always filling in for both of us. Really appreciate that. It's nice to know we have somebody like that that we can just call on and she shows up. Well, my daily Winnie is somewhat similar then. Somebody I can call on is my friend Ginger, who is living on the farm and the and the house up front. And uh, man, she's been just awesome. You know, I went to California for the weekend. I took Barrett, which is also my secondary farm center. I was like, we have no backup. You're it. So you are taking care of the place. Chad was gone. And so ah, bless her heart, Ginger. Daily Winnie to you. And so Glenn, I, you know, I come home and she's like, I'm like, how'd it go? She's like, yeah. Went great. Everybody's so easy. Except for Zeus. <laughs> She's like, he sucks. <laughs> so, so he sucks. Her and your husband have been getting together on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. it's not hard to do, okay? She's like, I don't understand. Like, if you don't bring him in fast enough, he bangs on the gate. And if you bring him in and you don't feed him fast enough, he bangs on the stall. And once he's done eating, he goes back to banging on the stall. And if you put him back on the field, then he wants to come back in and bangs. I'm like, it's like having a cat. It's just unbelievable so (sighs) yes thank you ginger yeah she's like yeah he sucks (laughs) (laughs) um and my other daily when he goes to monty and barrett it was so cool so i decided to take farm boy up to california i wanted him to be able to meet monty and see that you know it's not just me who does all these things. There's other people that do it. they were teaching an advanced course so he got to watch some of that and uh monty decided because because of all my excitement with the Pony Scout, um, the gypsy that was the monster bucker, who 
he told me you make a dummy. You got to make it a better dummy because Buck the Bear wasn't cutting it. We need to have a dummy that's like a high and tells me how to make it. And so I make the dummy and then we go and we're having a FaceTime with Monty and he's going to help Farm Boy and I put the dummy on the horse. And, he, and I'm like, here it is. And he looks at it and he goes, no, no, that's not at all it. So <laughs> since I was coming with Farm Boy, they decided to do a university video on how to make a dummy rider and then how to clip it all in and fasten it in. Um, so that is what he did. And so it was supposed to be me and Monty. And I was like, whatever, you got Eagle Scout over here, like have him do all the knots and all the tying and everything. And it was so cool. He and Monty got along like so great. You just tell there's like just such a mutual respect there because Monty would be like, all right, now I need you to do the bowling knot. Okay, now I need you to do this kind of knot. It was it was ridiculous. I was so proud. So anyway, it was really cool to have um, both of them together. That will be on the university, and it's uh, MontyRobertsUniversity.com. It'll be coming out in the next couple weeks, and, and it was great. It was so cool to see him in there. Finally, not me. I think he yelled at once. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I'm not good at knots either. I never got the knot thing. I just no. Jennifer's good at it. I'm not good at it. And then Barrett said the magic words to Monty. Monty was asking him about the the knots, and he was like, Mont- "Monty, knots save lives." And it was like, "Oh my god, it's my long lost grandson." <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looked like two generations in the picture, or three it generations in awesome. the pictures. There, it was yeah. awesome. Monty, not save lives. Oh my God, I'm leaving everything to you. <laughs> it was great. So Barrett's now taking over for Monty when Monty's not with us anymore. He's the guess, successor. Uh, he's the successor. <laughs> yeah. He's got will and everything after that statement. I mean, it was so great. Like, they were um, at, well, at one point on, let's see, Saturday night. This is the Saturday night that I, t- I take 21-year-old boys to do. Um, is we're sitting in the kitchen and Monty wanted to show how to do tie this certain type of halter. And so he pulls out the shy boy statue and has like a little dental floss. And he's like showing farm boy how to do the nut. I was like, I videoed it. I was like, this is awesome. He just said, tiny little string. It's like a little like briar horse, you know. It's great. That's funny. Um, also wanted to bring up, I don't know if you knew this, but I have absolutely no skills at all. Well, I've been saying that horses. for 12 I years, but. And, and, and plenty of people will not argue with me, but I, I, I'm having this problem on my Facebook page and I'm almost getting to the point where I just want to like shut the page down no, and start over. You can't do that. I don't know what to do. Cause like I, I get, I got posted a video of me long lining a horse at the walk and it has like 730. Usually I get like 25 people click like, you know, this one has 775 likes or something. And you go and you see who they are and it's all like, like Muhammad's and, 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 and like people from, let's see, the main countries are like Kazakhstan, Saudi Arabia, India, all these like, and they're following. They have a lot of horses over there. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, they're not real. Those are the thing. They're not real. If they were real people and they wanted to engage them, they'd be great. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure this guy with a rifle or AK-47 is not like a thoroughbred off the track lover. You know what I mean? Like, they would. They just. It looked terrifying. All these people are very scary looking. But with that, I, I guess a lot more likes means a lot more views and a lot more shares because all these people are sharing it. And um, so this long lining video of the horse going around at the walk 
just at the walk. Now, this is a horse that will get kicks, that is terrified, fear, he's skeleton, he's so skinny, you know. And so I'm just, I was told by my, my vet to just start to get him moving and get him in shape. He's very weak. He's got EPM. We're doing all that. The owners of this horse are awesome. So his horse's name is Yondu. And so I have him in the long lines. I'm just introducing him and walking him around. And somebody's comment, her name is Amy. Her comment is, who long lines like that? And, and, and so I've got the saddle, you know, the, the little thing holding the stirrups down. It's part of your certification. And Monty does it on every starter horse. You have the saddle and you, you put the long lines through the stirrups. So they, you know, big, big stirrup, long line. Who long lines like that? And I responded, like what? Would you like to hear her response? Yeah. Using us now, I'm going to make note that there are many misspellings and there's no spaces in between the sentences. Punctuation is terrible. All this. Okay. Using a saddle and running it through the stirrups. The reins do not give fast enough and you can teach a horse to hang on. The bridle teaches them to SH dollar sign T the bit. Think about it. Shoot the bit. Also, no space. Also, really good way to get your face kicked off. Seen it happen. Before you start in, trained horses for 40 years. Started thoroughbred stake horses to saddlebred world champions. BTW, you should always long line in blinkers. And if you have to ask why, you're an amateur. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's so much wrong with that. First of all, what is... You really should bit. get some training, Jamie. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. A long line going through a stirrup, it, it, that's as big as it gets as far as letting it slide through. But whatever. I, there's so much wrong with it. Um, oh, by the so, way, I, when we long line driving horses, it goes through the loops in the back at, at the butt. So it's the same thing. And when you teach horses to long line, you don't put blinkers on them. Why on earth would you do that? That's the dumbest thing ever. Anyway, I mean, like, and so I posted this in the audit auditors page and I just thought everybody would have fun with it. And they have had a lot of fun with it. Um, somebody was like, do we just post a picture of Monty's book in response? You know, like, I'm sorry, the queen of England and somebody was, <laughs> I had to delete it. Cause I was like, I don't know. Somebody on my page was like, did you get a letter from the queen of England? <laughs> Um, Maybe you should just make your page private. I can't because these horses are adoptable. Oh, that's true. And they've mm -hmm. got to be shared, and that's how they all get adopted. Well, just think about the good you're doing. It outweighs the occasional. Oh, these, I thought. <laughs> By the way, is there like, anybody in the horse world that doesn't have an opinion about oh, something? Oh, <laughs> dude. So um, all the people were coming up with, uh, with uh, comments and ideas of responses, and uh, everybody was so funny. Yours was funny, which was you should probably get some more training. Um <laughs> Saddlebreds plus thoroughbred stick horses, red flag. <laughs> Somebody said you should turn off commenting for training post. And uh, I actually find it hilarious and entertaining. And uh, so one person's response was the winner. Um, at the very end, she says, if you have to ask why you're an amateur, why oh you are. So my response back to all of that comment was, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. <laughs> <laughs>
It's always uh, good to I mean, take them off guard with grammar. This is, this is entertainment for our podcast. I can't turn off comments. Do fun. We have to have something to do here in the show. I know. Got to talk about something. I haven't bought a horse in like weeks. <laughs> and I didn't get picked for a murder trial, so I couldn't talk about that. Uh, Which you couldn't talk about that anyway. No, that's and, true. <laughs> By so. the way, that's what they were picking for on Monday. So I'm kind of glad I didn't get picked for that one. Oh. Thanksgiving week, what everybody wants to do, go to a murder trial. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun. Hey, we'll just lighten it up a little bit and talk about food. You know, it is Thanksgiving coming up. And one of my favorite topics is Thanksgiving sides. And I asked the auditors, what was uh, their, what's their favorite side? And what's the, what's the one thing they've had at the holidays that somebody served that was just gross? So we're going to talk. Probably, if you ask my husband's family, it would be anything I brought. <laughs> well, you're on the list here, I think. Let me look. Um, he did respond. Yes. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I want to just play an entry for you. Uh, this person got two entries for the WinTech Saddle giveaway. And that's because they just sent in a voicemail. And here is an example of one of those. And this is Sarah. Hello to Jamie and Glenn, wishing you a very happy Christmas from Australia. I am entering this via my telephone because the WinTech form doesn't appear to be open to people outside of America. So I hope I can still be in the draw, but WinTechs not, are in Australia. still wishing you a very happy Christmas. Yes, uh, you're entered. So thank you from Australia. We have so many listeners down there. It's yeah, always... like my WinTech just flew in from Australia. Yeah, so no, they I should think definitely you're be counted. They could probably drive it to your house, Sarah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So you're definitely entered. And before we get to that, I did want to mention, too, that Stateline Tech, of course, is having Black Friday savings. They're, they have uh, right now on the website, and I'm sure they're going to do something on Friday, uh, but they have early Black Friday savings like almost every company in the world now. And Black Friday is like a week. Yeah, it is. It is. I've been shopping. Uh, so six pages of Black Friday savings, anything from Western to English to saddle pads. By the way, I think that Western saddle pads have us beat on color uh, on the English side. Westerns, there are some really cool Western saddle pads out there. But oh, also, yeah, they pro- get all of this stuff. yeah, they do. <laughs> Professionals' choice boots and helmets and all different kinds of things right now over at Stateline Tack. And you want to go there first thing on Friday morning and check it out because I know. They've had really, really good Black Friday deals in the past. And get your orders in because they will run out of stock on some of the things. StatelineTAC.com is where you go for that. So they did a survey, survey show, uh, of what the uh, America's top favorite Thanksgiving sides are. And I wanted to see if our auditors agreed with this by having them put their favorite sides at Thanksgiving. By the way, the average uh, person eats four different sides at a Thanksgiving dinner. That's it? Four, yeah. I've seen a bunch of folks load up their plate more than that. (laughs) Uh, So what do you think number one on the list of sides? It's as well, easy. Everybody has turkey and then they have mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Yeah, mashed potatoes is number one. By the way, I'm a potato-aholic. I could eat any kind of potato anytime. I love potatoes. Potatoes are one of my favorite things in the whole world. Stuffing is number two on the list. And Do you put gravy on your potatoes or just butter? Oh, gravy. It needs gravy. Everything gets gravy. Everything gets gravy. Stuffing gets gravy. How about sweet potatoes? I'm not a sweet potato fan. Bruh. 
You don't like sweet potatoes? Oh, God, no. I thought that was required for vegetarians. And I don't like marshmallows <laughs> either, so... Oh, really? Well, that dish is perfect for you. <laughs> now, cranberry sauce. Are you whole cranberries or the jellied can sign kind? I want it. I want shapes of the can. Me too. <laughs> Sorry. I've, my mom used to make the both. She used to have the canned ones for us that didn't like the... The real kind. And she used to make the real kind, and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do the real kind. Uh, mac and cheese is not something we ever had at Thanksgiving, but apparently it's a thing. A lot of kids. Got to have a lot mac and cheese for the kids. Mm. Green bean casserole is one that's controversial. I personally don't like the one with the mushroom soup. It's one my mom used to make. I use, the, I use cream of celery instead because I hate mushrooms. I make it with cheese. So, <laughs> I make green beans really bad for you. I make a cheese, like almost mac and cheese kind of sauce, and that's what I use on the green beans. And then that's I, it, like a roux. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, so, your cream of celery? Yeah, because I don't like cream. I don't like anything mushroom. You know, cream of celery would be good, actually, with green beans. I might try As that. a vegetarian, I am an epic fail. I hate yes. mushrooms. I don't <laughs> sweet like sweet potatoes. Because <laughs> they're sweet potatoes fries. They're sweet potatoes mashed. They're sweet potatoes baked. I mean... So, so uh, years ago, uh, when I was doing radio, I got asked to go to a um, television station where all the TV anchors were cooking something... Uh, and, th- and they were all going to cook the same dish. And a bunch of us, like I was there with like an Atlanta Falcon and one of the country guys. And I was the rock guy. And the, there's like a, four or five judges. I think there's a thr- oh thrasher's God. player. You had to eat their plates. And they were making food. And they asked if I would come be a judge. And I was like, well, I'm not going to. I'm a vegetarian. They were like, that's fine. All of the meals are vegetarian. And we get there. Six anchors. Six Six judges. Six different sweet potato casserole recipes. They all made sweet potato. <laughs> yes. And all of us were like, we eat sweet potatoes. <laughs> and like one lady, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is bacon in her sweet potatoes. Like it was so gross. And then like, and so all of us are like trying to get through it. And I think we picked the one that had the most marshmallows on it because all of us were so grossed out. I mean, this poor Atlanta Falcon is like, I can't eat a sweet potato. <laughs> So we, we we make our way through. I thought what I thought was bacon was actually like apple slices that were like baked in. It was so disgusting. And I'm like on television having to sample <laughs> and look like you at least enjoyed potatoes. it. <laughs> I was like holding it up and I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. They're like, we don't know either. Just keep moving along. <laughs> It was so embarrassing. It was so gross. Hey, uh, by the way, I'm throwing this to the universe. Uh, I still want to be a judge at a chili cook-off. So if anybody needs a judge, let me know. Throwing that to the universe. Candy Diams is on the list. I always thought they were sweet potatoes. I never got those two straight. Yeah. Uh, cornbread. I love cornbread. And we found a really good cl- gluten-free cornbread we make all the time. Uh, baked potato. I never had baked potatoes on Thanksgiving. It's always no, a, it's it was mashed, a mashed potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, I don't think you do baked potatoes. That's wrong. Uh, corn on the cob. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, Brussels sprouts. I hate Brussels sprouts. Can't do Brussels sprouts. Butternut squash. Collard greens. By the way, collard greens is the number one side for Georgia. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You eat collard greens? No. <laughs> you are a crappy vegetarian. Well, the collard greens are cooked with, with fat I mean, back. you can make them with something else. But I, Well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> And peas. I never had peas on Thanksgiving. Never so my peas. my mother in law, her idea of vegetables at the um, 
at Thanksgiving are corn and peas, like out of the can, frozen corn and then peas out of a can. And I'm like, that's not going to cut it for me. So what I make every year and I get completely slammed and nobody eats any. We all would chat and I joke like, we know we're going to take my leftovers home because nobody else is going to eat it. One year I made the gazpacho recipe that uh, that what you can't bring that in here. That's not Thanksgiving fair. So this year I'm going to make mac and cheese, but I make it like from scratch, but I also dump a ton of spinach in it. So it's really healthy. So you swirl the mac and cheese and spinach all together and the spinach cooks down and just goes right in the mac and cheese. And I was like, yeah, you just eat mac and cheese. Like it is like, it's like nine sticks of butter and like blocks of cheese, you know, uh, then I'm making Brussels sprouts and I'm going to do the recipe that we had on the show on Monday, which is the veggie pizza. So thanks Lori. Uh, I also am going to make vegetarian gravy. So I bought that and it's all packet and I'm ready to do that. Is that and any then, good? I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> never had it. Uh, I'm going to make it. Then, it sucks, but I'm going to make it. <laughs> it might be terrible. Guess what? You don't have to eat it. Um, the, the other thing that I am making, which is the contribution that everybody will love and I'm bringing sangria. So. That'll warm me back into people's graces. When Sangria, I yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did like some of the auditors had better sides than I think that the uh, the survey showed. Uh, cream corn is such... A, I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and the mm. Amish eat cream corn, and I never learned to like cream corn. My mom used to open up a can and dump that out. I'm uh, like, that's... Ugh. I think it has to be homemade uh, to make cream corn. And I can't eat canned corn either. I can only eat frozen corn. But you know why I can't eat canned corn? We used to use that for bait when fishing, and that's all I can smell. Is the <laughs> smell I can't do it. it pierogies. I'm Polish, and it's a tradition. I love pierogies. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, green bean casseroles on the list. She said the weirdest thing was salmon because my mom didn't like turkey, so no one got to have turkey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have starved. Um, here's, uh, so this is, uh, Nicola is from England, and she said, so I was so excited to go to Thanksgiving dinner in America a few years ago. Uh, we had croissants with our main meal. I was very confused. I asked my friend what her sister-in-law had served us, and I was told they're like the equivalent of having bread with the meal. But bread usually comes before the meal, not during a roast dinner. So they have they don't eat it during the meal like we do. And our bread of choice for my mom was always those Hawaiian rolls. Yeah, that's what my mother-in-law makes. Yeah, and I personally think they're wonderful because they're just so good. But she used to forget them in the oven and burn them every year. So that was the one thing that got burned every year and we never had. Cause oh, were... my God, the bread! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've done that that's like a, a 10,000 times. Halfway through dinner, it's like smoke coming out of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I, love that, I, re- I resemble that remark. <laughs> Uh, mashed potatoes is on the list now. I love how Katie makes mashed potatoes. She said she only does this at the holidays, and probably because the calorie content, or the calorie count is about 5 million. I make them with butter, half and half, sour cream, and cream cheese, and garlic. Oh, dear God, is there a potato in there? <laughs> that sounds good to me. I love cream cheese in my mashed potatoes. Uh, sweet potatoes are, you know, they're always a trad- sweet potato casserole. Um, some- somebody just said gravy. For me, it's a side dish. <laughs> so, uh, she said the worst thing was her mother once t- uh, grilled slices of cauliflower at Thanksgiving. She said, while I don't mind cauliflower, I'm also trying 
not to be super healthy on a holiday where the main focus is fat foods. Grill cauliflower, but put like some like uh, gravy buffalo sauce on it. <laughs> so good. C- creamed cheesy onions. I've never had those. Uh, I don't know what the uh, butternut squash <laughs> and sage risotto. Okay, that sounds like something a vegetarian should like. Yep, that sounds good to me. Yeah, uh, risotto. You must eat risotto because that seems to be a vegetarian thing. Uh, I mean, it's hard to cook, so I don't really. <laughs> Take too long. <laughs> it does take a lot of cook risotto. Uh, a lot of sweet potatoes, sweet potato. This one, green beans wrapped with bacon smothered in French dressing. Now that sounds like my Just potato. fry that puppy up, <laughs> make it all the way healthy. And then this one I really liked. Um, I make Cracker Barrel hash brown casserole, and it's always the first thing gone. I do like me some Cracker Barrel hash brown casserole. Yeah, you know, again, this show is just making me hungry. <laughs> So I do like but that. But I get to I get to have two turkey dinners, which is very exciting. So I got the in-laws on Friday on Thursday, and then my cousin in Dallas and my aunt, all them live in live in Dallas. So we're gonna go down there and have and do it again. Let so me, it's let um, me ask you, have they gotten better at knowing you're a vegetarian and preparing for that fact? My mother-in-law said, um, well, I need you to bring whatever you're gonna eat. That's what she told me. She's like, uh, if you could bring a salad and, you know, whatever you're going to eat. What the hell? Whatever I'm going to eat. Because okay. everything is bacon in it where you live in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. You're, she's like, we can make you a veggie burger. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you, I'll you, be fine. You have trained me, though, because we, uh, we're going to have a dinner coming up here in December. And one of the people said they're vegetarian. And so now I'm going to go to you and I want to get a recipe or two to make specifically for them. So okay. look at me. I'm growing as a person. I'm very proud. I knew you would be. The next guest, or our first guest. pizza. Here we come. (laughs) Our first guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. It's our health segment from Dr. Camargo. And Jennifer uh, caught up with him yesterday because surprisingly nobody wanted to join us the day before Thanksgiving. I'm so glad to welcome back to the show Dr. Camargo, who is here to, to assuage our concerns and clear up all the confusion about stocking up. And this was inspired because my horse had to spend a little bit of time in his stall a few weeks back when we had a hurricane roll hurricane roll through town. And, of course, he stocks up when he's standing in his stall, and it always makes me chew my fingernails. So, Dr. Camargo, can you please <laughs> help? What is stocking up? What is going on? I know, right? So, stocking up, is, you know, it happens in humans also when we travel long, long, distances and we're just sitting down in the car and literally gravity because we're sitting and we're you know we're not moving around and the circulation is you know kind of stopped or decreased a lot and then our feet also swell up so that's what stocking up is it's this um, pulling of lymph okay so lymph is this fluid that travels inside uh, the lymphatic system and it's pulling of this lymph and generally, horses would be, you know, in the legs, so the lower uh, extremities of the horse because of gravity. So that's what stocking up in the most, you know, simple form is. So why is it that some horses stock up and under the same, what seem to be the same circumstances, other horses don't? I know, I know. And this is something that, you know, it varies by individual, it varies by a lot of things. It varies by age, 
It varies by individual also, but generally speaking, horses that spend a long time in the stall and are used to staying in the stall and may move around a little bit, they generally don't stock up much. Horses that are outside most of the time and never or very seldom come to the stall, or maybe they come to the stall just for a few hours every day, those are the ones that generally stock up because they're not used to. Their their bodies, uh, you know, like their bodies are used to moving, and this movement helps move the blood around and the lymph around the entire body. Every time a horse, you know, steps, you know, down, so every time that foot lands on the digital cushions inside the hoof wall of the horse helps pump all these fluids up the leg and up the leg, up the leg to go back into the circulation. So when horses are out and about, they are moving around. And, you know, generally we say that the horses, the horses have five hearts, right? The heart and then each foot is a heart because it helps pump and move this blood. And then you get this guy and put him in a stall and he's not used to this, right? His body hasn't adapted to being in a stall. And now you see his legs are going to become swollen. Um, and that generally happens in the hind legs, but it can also happen on four legs. But if it's just stocking up, um, it shouldn't feel warm to the touch, right? Because when we see a, a swollen leg, it can also be many other different things too. But if it's simple stocking up, you put your horse in yesterday, he was healthy, and then you see him today and his generally hind legs are puffy. And that's, you know, what stocking up would be. So your horse stocks up, makes us chew our fingernails and worry. And who needs more worry as a horse person, right? Is there, should we wrap the, the go-to, I guess, for a lot of people is, is, should we wrap their legs? Is that good? Should we just let them get puffy? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's all, um, you know, these are all good questions. I think the first thing that we need to figure out is, is this literally just stocking up? So then first you need to um, rule out any other kinds uh, of, you know, problems that can be. For example, if your horse comes in from the outside and his leg is already swollen, that's m- most likely not stocking up. So also you touch the leg and make sure that the leg, if it's stocking up, the leg should just be cold to the touch, should not be warm, should not be hot. If it's some sort of infection like cellulitis or the horse tweaked his leg outside and you have now, you know, some sort of tendonitis, uh, it would be warm to the touch and also painful, right? So that, so after you rule those out and now you're like, okay, it's talking up, it's all that I have. Uh, so then what you can do is you can wrap, you can use uh, standing wraps. Um, you know, if you know your horse is the candidate for stocking up because you know your horse, you've had him for a long time, you can use standing wraps uh, every time that he comes to the stall. Uh, if he's going to be there for long periods of time, uh, you can use, um, I, 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 for my horse, I have um, compression bandages. So these are compression socks. And the ones that I have come from Canada and they are fabulous. And these are just socks that you, they're very elastic, easy to apply. Um, not that easy because they're so compressed, compressive that you have to like, it's a workout to actually apply, but uh, it's more foolproof than uh, bandaging because the problem with bandaging the leg, if you don't do it right, you know, and you put too much pressure on the bandage or your quilt or your pillow, you know, if you don't apply that correct, you can actually cause problems to the horse's leg, right? So I, and there is several brands of compression bandages or compression socks uh, in the market today. And I am a big fan 
um, of those. So yeah, so you could bandage the horse's leg or put a sock, uh, compression sock. And uh, but generally speaking, these are 12 hours on, 12 hours off, because otherwise the body just gets used to just you know having that um, you know crutch for you know for the circulation, and then we may have a problem in that uh, we can have rebound, right, stocking up. And then all of a sudden, this horse is stocking up at other times too because, you know, all of a sudden the bandage is not there anymore and the body got lazy and uh, got too used to the bandage. So we see uh, this also. So it's generally 12 hours on. When you put the horse out, he doesn't need his leg bandaged because as he moves around, that fluid should go back into circulation. So... Are there any circumstances under which we see stocking up that that is the sign of some other more serious problem going on? And how can we tell the difference? Uh, well, there can be that too. So, well, one of them, for example, horses, older horses um, can, you know, they have a, a, you know, their bodies have worked a lot already and their circulatory system is not as efficient and not as effective as a younger horse. So those ones may stock up and you see these horses uh, and they can be even stocking up outside um, because they don't move around as much also. So we're talking about your geriatric horses here. Uh, And those, the problem with, um, you know, like horses like that and they're stocked up pretty much a lot, you have to just pay attention that it doesn't develop into a lymphangitis. Because that fluid in the leg may just turn into, you know, it's just a pool of fluid that shouldn't be there because they should be inside vessels, right? The lymphatic vessels or even the blood vessels. And it can turn into a cellulitis or a lymphangitis and, you know, it can turn into that. But uh, so I would be worried a little bit about that. But diseases that can lead uh, to swelling in the legs, uh, there is a couple. So, for example, a horse that's having some sort of heart failure, uh, he, you know, the heart doesn't pump uh, this blood as well. And, you know, the, the circulatory system and the lymphatic system, they go hand in hand. Uh, and when the heart is not pumping uh, this blood well, the fluid that extravasates from the blood vessels, they just pull and the lymphatics are not uh, as efficient into grabbing those and taking them back up. So, um, so a horse that is, you know, in the beginning of heart failure can uh, do that, but generally you would see other, you know, problems too, such as uh, exercise intolerance. He may have swelling also in the, his lower abdomen in his prep use. So you would see those kinds of swelling too. And then another disease um, that can lead to stocking up, and that's a more, you know, um, a bigger problem than just stocking up, would be um, some sort of like liver disease. Uh, as the liver uh, doesn't produce a lot of protein, so the blood and the fluid to stay inside the vessels, we need what we call colloidal pressure, which is all this protein and all these uh, solutes inside the blood keep that fluid, okay, plasma, and keep that fluid inside this blood vessel. When you have low protein inside this blood vessel, the water movement inside the body is by um, osmosis. So then something outside the vessel all of a sudden be- draws the water out of this vessel. And that's why, you know, um, you know, nutrition plays a big role in this horse. If they are not eating enough protein or if their liver 
uh, it's failing and the liver is not producing enough protein to keep the colloidal pressure, that also can lead, uh, you know, to, to edema in the lower legs too. And in this case, uh, for liver failure, you can also see like a bigger abdomen. You're going to have uh, what we call ascites because this liquid also extravasates inside the abdomen. Uh, so those would be, you know, three um, cases of horses that would, uh, you know, the aging, the heart failure, the liver um, disease could, could lead to stocking up. And those, you would have to involve a veterinarian. So when a horse develops a fever for whatever reason, is that, is the, I often see horses stock up when they've got a really high fever for a period of time. Is that a result of the fact that the horse has a really high fever so he's not moving around? Is it because there's some compromise in his circulatory system? Why do, why do I see that so much? So it can be uh, that the horse is not moving around, but it also, one, I, I neglected to mention that dehydration can also lead uh, to stocking up because, again, if you don't have, you know, for the, for, the, for the blood to maintain its colloidal pressure and to maintain its blood pressure, you need this fluid in and you need this salt inside these blood vessels and you need all this so the liquid stays inside the, the, the blood vessels and the lymphatic vessels. When, you, when the animal has fever, he may not be drinking uh, a lot, so he's not drinking water. He's also not moving around. And that can lead to stocking up, too, because you would think, right, it would be the, the, the other way around. Yeah. Uh, but he can, yeah, right? But because he's not ingesting this salt, you know, the, and he's, you know, he has urinated. Uh, so now uh, this liquid extravasates uh, from the, the vessels and they just fall in the lower legs. So, yes. So if your horse obviously has fever, you have to be contacting your veterinarian also to figure out what's going on, right? Because a horse with fever, uh, it's something that we don't like as, you know, it can have so many other uh, problems with the horse, such as, you know, when they start not drinking water, not eating well, because they're so listless and so, you know, ill, they feel ill, uh, any kind uh, of disease like that can lead you know, to other problems, um, you know, such as the horse developing laminitis or even becoming, you know, toxic, uh, endotoxemia because of, and so fever is just a symptom, right? So we need to investigate why the horse has that fever going on. So that all of a sudden became, you know, kind of an emergency. There we go. So that's the, the 101, the basics of why horses stock up. And what we need to be worried about, because there's always something to be worried about with a horse. So for folks who are curious about what Dr. What Dr. Camargo does in her amazing life as a veterinarian, she is with the University of Kentucky. So if you just go to uky.edu, you can look her up, Dr. Camargo. And thanks for spending a little time with me today. Oh, you're more than welcome. And happy Thanksgiving. Hanging out here with the mad scientist who developed daily dose equine horse feed formulas, Janet Geyer. And you might wonder, whenever I get my horse feed delivered to my door in Maryland or Texas or California or Missouri, am I getting the same horse feed? And the answer is? The answer is that it is always the same formula, always the same horse feed. We don't change ingredients. Uh, we are a fixed formula feed mill. Well, the final entry in our WinTech saddle uh, 
contest for today. We have a bunch more to do, and we want you guys to really get creative. Think about this over the holidays. you got time. What are you going to be doing? While they're watching football, you could be singing a song into your phone. I mean, that's not embarrassing. So, right, you know, Scooter's gotten a lot of love. I think Zeus needs some love this year. So we need a poem about Zeus. Zeus's entire life (laughs) is me loving him enough to not kill him. (laughs) So he's fine. So if you have a song about Jamie not killing the horse, uh, you can put that. uh, That'll go well. That'll go well with the critics of this show. Uh, You can put that together and send it to us. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner. And also on Monday, we have a special treat because... We have an unboxing. We haven't done an unboxing in a long time. But uh, Jamie got something in the mail, and we're going to do the unboxing and post it on Monday. So that's oh, another thing we're going to do. I wonder what on. happened to that. Yeah, that's planned for Monday. So this is a poem that was sent in by Alyssa. Hi, Glenn and Jamie. Merry Christmas. Hi, Alyssa. I love hearing all the episodes of Forces in the Morning. They are really fun to listen to. You guys are so good at what you do, and your shows are full of so much information, but they're also really enjoyable to listen to. Um, I was recently able to lease a pony, so hey. now I get to apply all the things I hear in the show to um, real life, and I get to use it, which is awesome. I wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, and I also wanted to read you this poem that I wrote. When the holiday season comes again, I really enjoy listening to Jamie and Glenn. All of the stories, the smiles, the laughs make me want to go outside in the grass and stay with my pony till the sun leaves the sky. No matter the weather, I just want to ride. Thank you for all of the things you have said. You know so much about our horsey friends. I hope you podcast for years to come. Merry Christmas and thank you for all that you've done. Thanks again, you guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I need that in my voicemail box. I can listen to it all the time. <laughs> that was very well done. Thank you, Alyssa. Uh, so uh, we've gotten some great entries, and we really appreciate it. We'll continue playing them through the holiday season. Remember, you have up until the 16th of December to go for your chance to win your Wintex saddle. And now, now we get weird. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. That's right. If you're looking through the news, wherever you get it, and you see something and you're like, "Mm, that's really weird, email it to me. I'm going to say it again. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Not Jamie Jennings, not Jaime, J-A-M-I-E at horseradionetwork.com, not Glenn, not Jen, just Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And in the subject line, just put weird news. Because I think sometimes some of them are getting missed because you're sending them to the wrong place. Um, So we didn't miss many this week because let me tell you, Aaron, Nicole, Laureen, Ellen, Sarah, Stephanie, Rachel, Maggie, (laughs) Glenn, me, we all had weird news stories. Now, I'm not going to tell you who's who's because it's none of your business where they're reading their stuff. Okay. Uh, reading, getting their stories. Uh, So this one I actually found. And I subscribe to like a news of 1440, the news thing that comes every day. And this is, uh, I just had to click on this link and it did not disappoint. What's your favorite chip, Glenn? Like, like potato chip? Yeah. I like, uh, sour cream. Okay. What, uh, what is that, that, that chip that ends up on your fingers the worst? Oh. 
It's orange. Pringles? Cheddar Pringles? Cheetos. Cheetos. Ah. And apparently people's favorite thing about Cheetos is licking that orange dust off their hands at the end. Like it's, it's so fun. Cheeto. <laughs> but the tiny types, the orange dust when it sticks to the fingers is a nightmare. But if you're a super Cheetos fan, I'd like to tell you that I think you can buy it now, which is it's a Black Friday deal. It's called the Cheetos Duster. That's right. It's the first ever cooking gadget launched by Cheetos. It's a miniature blender and it's meant to grind up Cheetos so you can have that dust and that powder at any time. And like Frank's hot sauce, (laughs) you can put that beep on everything. You know, if you don't like turkey a whole lot, you could just cover it in Cheetos. That'll make it better. (laughs) Their quote... Now Cheetos has decided to level up the process and introduce a new, fun, and easier way to achieve cheesy goodness. (laughs) Now, there are some photos that come along with this, and it is a hot dog covered in the dust. I can see maybe fried chicken covered in Cheetos. Fried chicken covered in the spicy Cheetos. (laughs) Then there's mozzarella sticks that are covered in Cheetos. Oh, that'd be good, though. Mozzarella stick covered in Cheetos? That'd be good. You know what? Instead of like paying $20 for a little grinder, which everybody's going to laugh at you for, you could just put them in a bag and step on them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nothing destroys a Cheetos. Crumple up the bag. I want Cheetos. This is definitely the weirdest news story I think we've ever done. There's a marathon. Okay. And it was run on November 6th. And there's a runner and he goes by the name Uncle Chen and he made headlines after he ran a marathon. I don't know if this is a good time or not, but he ran it in three hours and 28 minutes. That's not bad. It's 26 miles. So that's not bad. Do you know what he did the entire time he ran the marathon? (laughs) (laughs) He chain smoked. (laughs) The entire time. Photos had of to be Chen in China. smoking went viral on the popular Chinese social media <laughs> app Weibo, and then they celebrated his achievement by sharing his certificate. He finished 574th overall of 1,500 runners, and this was not the first time the 50-year-old runner has been photographed smoking during a marathon. Did it say how many but- packs he went through for the marathon? <laughs> He, uh, however long it takes you to smoke <laughs> three hours and 28 minutes or whatever. Now, here's the thing. Apparently, all the people around him were really irritated. Well, no kidding. Like cigarette smoke in their face when they're trying to run. And they said, this type of behavior should be banned from the race. I feel bad for the runners around him, said another. Technically, get this. There's no rules prohibiting runners from smoking. Since most have the common sense to not smoke when you're running. Especially 26 miles. Uh, and every picture of this guy is just like, well, he's like one after another, lighting one from the end of the other one. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, though? He'll live till he's 110. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's the sad part. We're going to go to Florida for this one. Uh, yeah, bo- both, Welcome both are, to Florida, everybody. <laughs> both are Florida one. You know, there's that whole Burmese python yeah, thing yes. going on. And yes. uh, Florida the Everglades was, are overrun with them. 
Yeah, so they're saying if you see one, kill it, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody saw one. By the way, easier said than done with a 14-foot snake that's as as wide as your thigh. So, yeah. so there was a one that was found. It doesn't say exactly, but the video shows, I mean, it's got to be 15 feet long. I mean, it's as wide as, got to be a foot wide. Got to be a foot wide, and it's 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 just huge. It's huge, and clearly it just ate. So they have the Burmese python, and they're like, "It ate something before they died." So they decided to perform. The scientists d- decide to perform a necropsy. So they slice open the al- the uh, snake, and what is inside it? A full size five foot alligator. Snake ate an alligator? The snake ate the alligator. Well, that's got a tough skin. That's got hard to digest. (laughs) Rosie Moore, one of the scientists who investigated the snake's diet, quote, I actually thought it was pretty gross. I'm used to these things. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) The five-foot-long alligator, this is from uh, WVLT-TV. The five-foot, I'm going to read you the quote, the five-foot-long alligator was still fairly intact and reportedly... Smelled terrible. I bet. <laughs> she says, oh, my gosh, we we're taking breaks, running outside to get some fresh air. I've never smelled anything like that. <laughs> oh, gross. Five foot long alligator. That's how big that snake was. Oh, my God. All right, last one. Enjoy your Thanksgiving meals, everybody. <laughs> I'm the, you, at least y'all didn't have the video playing in front of your face when you reading that story. Okay, this is a crazy yet really cool story. Okay, so... um. U.S. Postal Inspection Service Inspector Jeff Andre, okay, he's been investigating an identity theft scheme that had netted a guy nearly $150,000 in fraudulent coronavirus relief loans, okay? He found out who had done it and was had, had pinpointed a guy named Quashon Burton, and, th- and and now that Quashon is facing federal charges, stealing government funds, identity theft, it's seriously just a bad dude. They go to get him. He disappears. He's gone. I can't find him. They've been looking for this guy for a year and a half. Okay. Well, the inspector, Jeff Andre, was at Animal Kingdom, Disney World. And he looks over and he's like, He's in line for Avatar. <laughs> and he looks over and he's like, hey, that guy looks familiar. Nah. You know what? I'm going I'm to call in. Hey, uh, did you do big call? Hey, can you send me a picture of Quashon Burton, please? Send some over. Hey, that's that guy. I've been looking for that guy. He finds the guy who's been evading the police for a year and a half in line at Animal Kingdom to ride the Avatar. <laughs> did he arrest him in line? Please tell me he did. Oh, yeah. So um, according to the report, Burton questioned why he needed to provide, because I guess he was like, I need, excuse me, excuse me, I'm going to need to see some ID. Burton initially gave a false name, was asked multiple times to place his hand behind his back and refused. The official finally took Burton, quote, to the ground to, to secure him, and they arrested him at Disney World. Okay, so why do I never get in lines that have that much action? They're, they're an hour long, and nothing ever happens. Give me something fun to watch. <laughs> Jeez. 
I never get the good stuff. This guy was a bad dude, and he apparently lives in Texas, and he like did loans for all these Texas businesses, a daycare, a flooring company, and like just completely scammed the system. Just a really terrible well, person. Well, we know where he was spending the money, huh? Well, we know where he's going. He's right to jail <laughs> from where he spent the money at Disney World. <laughs> now, now, the guy, the the uh, guy who arrested him, uh, his family was gone. Oh, Dad, can't you leave work? At Come home? on, <laughs> we're on vacation. <laughs> How crazy is that? He like he like has hunted. It reminded me of that movie with um, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio, where he's like been hunting him for so long, and then he's like, "Hey, is that that guy? That sure looks like that guy." Ah, that can't be that guy. Oh, it's that guy. Swarm, swarm, dad. We're just trying to ride the ride. <laughs> does he have, does he have handcuffs? Does he carry handcuffs around the Disney world? I don't, I, I don't think he had handcuffs, but they, um, called in a bunch of, uh, oh. I guess Disney security. Security. I don't know. The smile police. <laughs> 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 we always miss the good stuff, Jamie. I know. It could have been so much better. <laughs> All right. Is that it? That is it. Well, thank you, everybody who submitted weird news. Remember, you can send it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. We want you all to have a very happy Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we'll have a best of show for you on Friday. We'll be back here uh, with a brand new episode on Monday. Have a terrific weekend. Drive safe. Be safe, everybody. And auditors, hang on for just a minute. You should put together a worst of. That'd be hilarious. (laughs) Here's our worst show ever. The worst (laughs) interviews we've ever done. I could. Oh, we'd have to think about that. I'm sure there's been some. I can name a bunch you've done. (laughs) (laughs) Save your guilt. I think you really should get some training. I know. I'm going to hit books. Blinkers for sale? Somebody does what they're doing. I do actually. I have some blinkers if you need them.